the Bible Study Podcast, episode 366. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 27. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. 366, you now have an episode for every day of the year, even on leap years. We're going to do Psalm 27 today. I'm going to skip over Psalm 26. I suspect as we get further and further in the book, we'll skip more and more as we get to familiar themes. And I found Psalm 26 to have a very familiar theme. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. As I look just even at these first three verses here, clearly this psalm is about fear, or specifically the lack of fear. And fear is an interesting thing because I know people, some of them Christians, who are to varying degrees held captive by fear. And we can be held captive by fear in a lot of different ways. Obviously, we can be held captive by fear if we huddle in our house and are too afraid to go out. We can be held captive by fear if we huddle in our town or our country and are afraid to venture out. There are places that we may not go because we are afraid to. Now, now there are places probably that we shouldn't go or that we should be afraid. So how do we know when we should fear? And I think that's a difficult question. One of the things that I think that I've always heard about fear that I believe very truly is if I am in the place where God wants me to be, then I shouldn't have reason to fear. That's easier said than done. But I think of my personal experience for me, for instance, although I'm surprised to say it, considering that it's not what I expected when I got into it in prison ministry, I think some people don't get into it because of fear. It might just be simple fear of, I don't think I'd relate to those people. It might just be a simple fear of physical danger. And it's not that that doesn't happen. So there have been twice while I have been doing prison ministry, and I do it at a juvenile hall. So I'm doing it with people who are generally shorter than me and and less bulky. I'm not doing it with adults. But there have been twice when I was sent into unit after a fight broke out the previous week in the middle of Bible study. So I know that those things can happen. And there is a as I walk into the units, there's a display that's supposed to keep us on our toes, that to remind us not to leave things behind, to remind us to be watchful. And it is all of the improvised things that the inmates, and this is in juvenile hall, have made. They include homemade things to do tattoos, but they also include shivs. They include homemade knives. And so I know that we're a fight to break out that there is real, actual, physical danger. And yet, strangely, I can't say that I've ever felt afraid going into that situation where you're walking past the guards, where you're being buzzed into a lockdown facility. And I think I've mentioned it many times before, but the Bible study that I do there normally on Tuesday nights is done in a lockdown unit for violent youth offenders. And so to come to my Bible study, you probably hurt someone. You very probably hurt someone. I think only one person ever told me that they were innocent. We generally don't talk about those things. 
But part of the thing for me is I feel that that is a place that I am called to be. Now, I have a friend who does ministry in Africa, and she does ministry to places, for instance, where she is flying off because they, she is a nurse and she is flying into an area where the dysentery outbreak is happening or some other terrible disease is going on. And I think for me, I would be much more afraid in that situation. And yet I can imagine that she is much less afraid in that situation because that is where she believes God is calling her. So I think part of this here is knowing who we're with, but also knowing why we're there. Now, on the other hand, if I just did something foolish and walked into the worst neighborhood in my town or the worst neighborhood in my country, and for no particularly good reason, I can imagine that I would be afraid. But it seems to me that it might be a different kind of fear. But David says, he doesn't just say, I look to God and he is my protector. Notice it started with, the Lord is my light and my salvation. My salvation, the Savior, the lifeguard, the one who comes and rescues me, but my light, also my guide, the one who I am following. Whom shall I fear? Now, we sing in juvenile hall sometimes songs that have words in them like, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I think of that as we're singing that, because the ones who are coming to this Bible study For them, they live in a situation that is a state of unease where fights do break out and they can get violent and there are gangs and there are gangs involved. And as they're singing these words, I wonder what is going through their minds because they're claiming the same thing that David says, if God is for us, how can I be afraid? And David says, when the wicked advance against me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. I think of the stories from missionaries who were surrounded by enemy tribes people and they didn't get attacked. And then years later, they found out why after the tribe converted, they said, well, we went to attack you, but you had an army of men in shining armor surrounding you, that they had literally been protected by God's angels and they didn't even know it. That's the kind of thing that David is saying is that God himself can protect us. Though an army is besieging us, my heart will not fear. And then David goes on, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. When we say to dwell in the house of the Lord, I also think of that as a sense of belonging. Because we're talking about a nomadic culture where people are dwelling in tents, and who dwells in the tent but the family, one who is a member of the household. So David is saying, I ask that I can be part of God's family. I ask that God would claim me, and I would have the protection that comes from that relationship. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. How else can David react to this relationship that he would have with God except with shouts of joy and singing? And David, when he says that, he means that quite literally. Look at the song that he wrote here. He sang this song, and he sang it in praise to God. And with shouts of joy, David got in trouble with his wife when they brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. He half-naked danced before it because he was just exultant that the Ark of God should come into the city of Jerusalem. 
David just doesn't just mean figuratively. He really has that kind of joy in the presence of God. I think God intends for us to have that kind of joy in his presence. Think of the father who goes away on the business trip and then comes home. How would you want him to be greeted by his children? Wouldn't you expect that they would run and jump into his arms? That, I think, is the relationship that God wants with us. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior." Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. David has some fear here that God will turn away from him. David knows that he doesn't deserve this place that he stands. He hopes that God will not be angry with him or forsake him. He prays that God will receive him, and we know that God desires to receive us, that God desires to forgive and embrace us, like the prodigal son's father, who despite the fact that his son wished him dead, he took half of his goods as if his father were dead, went off and squandered it, and when he came back, he was greeted as a son because of his father's love. Jesus tells us that story so we understand the love of the Father. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I pray that you would wait for the Lord this week in your quiet time in the morning. I pray that you'll take some time to sit and wait on God. Sit and wait and find out what he has to say about you your day, your week, and your circumstances. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.